It's great to be with you guys uh, this morning. I, I was thinking about a story this week that I want to start with. Uh, Sarah and I, right before we, we, we got married, we were getting all of our furniture for the apartment we were going to move into, and we didn't get any new furniture. To this day, I don't know that we've ever bought a new piece of furniture since then, but uh, we always get stuff used. I don't know. Have we? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Sorry. She gets ahead of me. We decided we're going to get a bed, a, a, a new bed, a new mattress. And, and it was one of those pillow top mattresses. It was really nice. And it was queen size. We're like, this will be great. And we loved this bed. And we moved from Minnesota to Texas, then to Wisconsin and back to Texas and to California and all the way up to Oregon. Like it was almost 20 years. And, and we still had this bed. But over time, the pillow top was not such a, it was like a pillowcase top by that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And, uh, and it was just, it just gotten hard, and it was no longer awesome. And so we decided to go to Costco, when we got one of those um, uh, uh, memory foam topper things, you know. And uh, so that was nice for a while, but I think we got the cheap kind, because it started to tear. And it was just like, so then you had these, like, these, it was like Pangea separating, you know. And, and uh, so I, it got really uncomfortable, and one morning, I woke up and I was just mad because I didn't sleep well. It felt like I had been sleeping on a bunch of socks, like folded socks all over. And, and I was just in a bad mood and I said, Sarah, I'm sick of this. I, I, I had never said this before, but I'm like, I am done with this bed. I hate this bed. I didn't used to. It was great, but it's old and I, we, I'm just tired of it. I want a new bed. A couple hours later, Sarah gets a phone call from Deborah Anderson, Deborah Kelson. Well, I don't think she's here this morning. Uh, she was Kelson at the time. And she, she called, she said, Sarah, this is really strange, but I've been praying and I felt like God called me to ask you guys if you want a new bed. <laughs> she said, I have this king size bed. It's, it's, it's really quite new. It's too big. And I just felt like God said to offer it to you guys. And I, I'm like, when she told me about it, my jaw fell open. Because guys, it had been almost 20 years. And I had never said, I don't want this bed anymore. God heard that and somehow turned that into a prayer. <laughs> it's so cool, isn't it? God speaks when we're listening. And Deborah that day was listening. And sure enough, like this wasn't a life or death situation. It was just he saw that I was mad. I was sad. I couldn't sleep. We couldn't sleep well. And he says he wants to meet us in that way. God speaks. Now, we have been talking for the last seven weeks on different types of prayer. We've talked about petitionary prayer. We've talked about adoration. We've talked about intercession. Last week, we talked about contemplative prayer. And, uh, and all of those are absolutely wonderful. And I want to introduce... Uh, another thing that happens in prayer, another facet, and that's listening. Because if God speaks, it's probably pretty important that we figure out what he's speaking about, is it not? Now, throughout Scripture, God speaks in many, many different ways. Uh, God speaks in, in prophetic words. He speaks in dreams and visions. He speaks in apparent coincidences. <laughs> he speaks through other people. And, of course, today he speaks through the Scriptures themselves. And I, I, if, you're, if you're visiting here and you're not used to being around weird crowd, we're a little weird, I'll be honest with you. We're a little odd. You've seen a lot of what happens here. Uh, we're, we're a little weird. I understand. And if you, this whole talk of like, wait, God, 
you think God talks to you, if that's uncomfortable for you, I get it. Because here's the fact. A lot of people in history have said, God told me to do a thing and then did something really, really horrible. Okay? Can we just acknowledge that that has happened many, many times? Um, and even when it's not something that is like becomes world history or six o'clock news, uh, is there still six o'clock news? I don't know if there, anyway. Okay, thank you, Teresa. There is, there is six o'clock news. That was a big thing when you're growing up. This is the late afternoon. No, it, even when it's not something like that, a lot of people use this God said thing in ways that can be really manipulative. Like they could be very wrong or say God said, just to add a little extra weight to that. I'm gonna say, I've done that before. It's not a good thing to do. And and, and sometimes it can just be way wrong. Like we have somebody on our pastoral staff, I won't say who, but was in a YWAM discipleship training school many years ago. It's Jeff Starr. And (laughs) there were how many different ladies, Jamie, that said that God said they were gonna marry Jeff to you? How many was this? Yeah, okay, so (laughs) during her training school, they come to the leader and they said, God told me to marry Jeff Starr. Okay, God clearly didn't because this is his wife. This is the one he led to. You see what I'm saying? So clearly, I don't know. Many times we can get this wrong. So if, if, if you're hesitant about this whole topic, I get it. We can get it wrong. People can manipulate and people can do terrible things in the name of God. I totally understand. And, and then sometimes, I don't know, if you've ever gotten, how many of you have ever gotten it wrong when trying to hear from God? Okay, I certainly have. But in spite of that, I want to tell you, it is worth it. Throughout the, throughout the history of our faith, God has spoken to his people throughout the history, all through the scriptures, all through church history, all through our church history here, God has spoken. God is alive. One of our core values here at Christ Center is that the Holy Spirit is active. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is talk to us. So I want to suggest to you it's very important to, uh, to, to be able to hear him. I'm not going to speak this morning on, on all the ways we can hear from God, okay? Last year, uh, Joshua and Kristen helped him, uh, did a, a, a four-week series on communicating with God. You can go back in the podcast and check that out. That's a good resource. A couple other good resources. We have a couple of them. Uh, 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 the first one was a, a book by Lauren Cunningham called Is That Really You, God? How many of you have read that book? Okay, kind of classic story of, of God speaking at the founding of Youth of the Mission. Uh, it's classic. Lauren's about to go, with, uh, go, go be with Jesus. He's run a really long race. He's got stage four cancer. Somehow is still just going. He's going to be with Jesus soon, but he's a wonderful man of God. Here's another one. Uh, Dallas Willard book. This is called Hearing God. I've been reading this one this week. Dallas Willard is one of the most respected theologians and philosophers across the board of the last 50 years. Uh, he's with Jesus, but that's a wonderful resource. And the third one is one that's right at our fingertips. It's another Pete Gregg book. It just came out last year. It's called How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People. So he has How to Pray. That's the one we've been reading a lot out of. And this was on How to Hear God. And this is extremely accessible and a, a, just a fantastic book. Really highly recommend it. So those are some resources to drill down on how to hear God. I'm not going to try to preach on how to hear God this morning. Instead, I want to talk about how to listen. Okay? How to listen for his voice. And it's going to be quite simple. I'm going to give you two pretty easy things. And then I want to uh, introduce to you a, a, a way of hearing God by using scripture. And we're going to actually 
try it here, okay? So, all right, that's what we're going to do. The first thing that I want to I say, if you want to listen for the voice of God, the first thing we need to do is quiet the noise outside of us. Quiet the noise outside of us. What this means is that we must stop trying to multitask all the time. Now, some of you think you're pretty good at multitasking, and maybe you are. I've seen, I've seen this woman. You should, what, she would have a child on her back, sometimes a child in an arm. She'd be stirring soup. She'd be texting her friend through an existential crisis. Like all of this at once, right? Some of you can do it. Moms, I've seen you especially good at this. But the fact is, you can only really give your attention to one thing at a time. And you're just doing this. You're swapping back and forth. She realized early, before we were married, that it was a fool's errand to try to have an actual conversation with me while I was watching football. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, um, and so she just, you know what, boom. She hasn't really tried that. I mean, maybe sometimes she's kind of turned the TV off and said, look at me, but most of the time it's like, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait. Because the fact is, it's hard to have a conversation and multitask. My older brother, Todd, he has this incredible ability to read a book. Like if you read like Plato's Republic while watching Seinfeld, I don't understand how that works. He's like, you know, and he'll be laughing. I'm like, how do you do this? I texted his wife, about that this week. I said, does he still do that? She goes, yeah, he does it all the time. I said, does that translate into conversation with you? Can he read and have a conversation with you? And she texted back, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. It does not work because having an actual conversation with a person requires giving attention to listen. Now, here's the thing. I am afraid today with all the outlets that get our attention, okay, earbuds, Phones, this constant daily things that we're doing. We're so used to multitasking, we try to put listening to God in there too, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, talking to God, we have to multitask with that. All, like, that's, I, hopefully we're setting aside time to talk to and just do that. But throughout our days, like we're doing multiple things, right? You know, I've got an earbud and I'm listening to a podcast while dropping my kids off at school, while planning a sermon. Um, you know, all these different things are going along. And in the middle of it, I'm like, so God, I need help here. You know, that's, I want to suggest to you, that's totally appropriate. Because praying at all times means even when we're in the middle of a hundred things, talk to him. Please do that. That's important. I'm just suggesting you're not probably going to be able to listen to him very well in those times. Now, can he speak through? Can he cut through? Absolutely. But with all the distractions that we tend to take with us, I think it's a little bit like this. I was just imagining. So imagine you're at a party and it's, you know, a crowded room and you go to that party with thick over-the-ear headphones and you've got dance music. You've got ABBA just playing dance music, just playing and you've got Dancing Queen and that. And you see Jesus from across the room. I don't know why I went Dancing Queen. I have no idea. Don't read into that. And, and Jesus is like, hey, and you're like, hey, and then you come up, and he's coming in, and like, hey, I've been wondering, why haven't you answered any of my emails? And you're talking, and then he's like, and then we go, I'm sorry, you're going to have to speak up. You see the problem with that? I think it's not only bad strategy to try to multitask our way into hearing God. 
I think it might be a little rude. See what I'm saying? Here's the fact, guys. Here's the fact. I'm considering myself here because there's a lot of times I've been upset with God. Lord, why aren't you speaking? And he's like, well, when are you going to listen? You're trying to do all these things. And when are you going to give me a chance to speak? Maybe take the earbuds out. Maybe get away from all the noise. Maybe close the browser. You see what I'm saying? Here's the fact. You remember this, this in 1 Kings 19 when Elijah is up on the mountain when he's run and he's depressed, he's actually suicidal at this point and God is speaking to him and he's, he's taking this nap and God speaks to him on the mountain. Here's what happens. And he said, uh, wait, let's pull that back up, sorry. <clears throat> he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Let's keep going. And after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, God was in the whisper. Most of the time, God speaks in whispers. And in order to hear him, we have to turn down the noise outside of us. The second thing I would say, so turn on the noise outside. The second, quite obviously, turn down the noise inside of us. This is quite important. If you missed last week's sermon, uh, Joshua talked about contemplation. You need to go back and listen. It was a great sermon. It was a really good word. And uh, he talked about contemplative prayer and meditation and how these are gifts uh, of the church and of our faith that long predate any Shirley MacLaine movies. I promise you. It's, it's, it's good. So hardly anybody even got that reference because this is how old we've become. He's older than me. He's older than me. <laughs> We talked about contemplation and, and meditation on scripture and on the voice of God. Uh, and and, and I, I think that, that's a, a beautiful type of prayer in and of itself. But it's also the, I think, the best gateway into actually being able to truly listen. It's when we stop and we pay attention. Paul gave a, a, a testimony of how, how he does this when he's out in nature, when it's quiet. And when he goes out where it's quiet around him and he stops himself and he he, he takes a breath and notices things that are going on outside him and then inside as well. Now, you might think this would defeat the purpose to, to try to figure out what's going on inside you because I'm talking about quieting ourselves, right? But the fact is, sometimes in order to quiet ourselves, we have to just go ahead and, and, and figure out what are the alarms that are blurring in my soul so I can turn them off, you know? Like, it's not just like, okay, with like shoving all that down. Sometimes it's, Okay, let's let the noise out. Let it play itself out. And that becomes a, a really wonderful way then to actually have those things at least resolved for a, a while, at least calmed so that we can hear God's whispers. Here's, here's the way I do this a lot. Is when I, I'll come and sit down prayer time and I do this, this thing, I'll just sit in a, a hardback chair and I, you know, you can do that or that or nothing or that. But I sometimes do this with my hands of like just sitting and waiting to receive from the Lord. And then when something comes, like, oh, Lord, I have this nagging uh, concern for my son right now. So I'll do this. Lord, I just give you 
I give that. I drop that. I drop that concern. I, this is, just keeps coming up. So can you just take that? Thank you, Lord, for I receive the grace you have for that situation. And something else is bothering. Lord, I saw that thing on Facebook that really made me upset, and I just give that to you. <laughs> I received grace for the person that posted that thing or that situation that they posted about, whatever it is, right? And, and it just becomes an open hand, closed hand. There's nothing magic there. There's nothing weird. It's simply just getting ourselves in that posture of receiving from him and giving him the things that are there. And when we do that, it's so funny how as, as we begin to let those things go, give attention to all those alarms, our spirit quiets and he can speak. I'll never forget about uh, 12, 13 years ago, uh, I, I did a, a silent retreat. It was only a half day thing uh, where you're not talking to anybody. You had some guided prayer. And, and one of the things that we were asked to do is to do this really weird assignment. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was really cheesy, honestly, at first. And it was this, go somewhere and go uh, get an empty chair or an empty seat and then just sit there away from everybody and imagine Jesus sitting in that chair and then tell him all that's on your heart and listen. So it was silent, but it was silent around other people. So I chose, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to the beach because we were in California at the time and, and right down by the beach and there was this rock I used to always sit in. And so I invited Jesus to sit next to me on this rock. And I had all kinds of things stirring in me. I was at a really rough place in my life because I had been in Tyler, Texas, where we had all these training schools, and I was doing a lot of teaching, and I was getting invitations to, to teach in a lot of different YOM bases, and I just had a lot, and I sort of had built this identity of, oh, I'm this like young, upstart, energetic teacher. People, yeah, this is who I am, and, and, and God relocated us to the California coast where there were no YWAM training schools. There's nobody to teach. We didn't even have a classroom. And I was okay with that at first, but that really started dragging me down. And I'm like, Lord, I need to know how you see me because this is swirling around. There's other stuff going on too at the time. Um, but this was one of those things just swirling in me. I said, Lord, I need to hear from you. So I, I, he sat down on the rock with me, I, ima I imagined. And I just told him, I said, I just need to know how you see me. I got it all out. I didn't have any more words. I was able to quiet myself by getting all the words out. And I said, how do you see me? And you guys, I heard him as clearly as I ever have. Not audible, but it might as well have been. And it was simply this. You are my son. All the other hats that I was trying to wear. And you'd think, well, that's kind of obvious. But it wasn't to me at the time. I thought he was going to give me some new commission. But no. He simply said, you are my son. I've gone back to that word many, many times. That that is the core of my identity. Nothing else. Nothing else. There's something that happens when we open ourselves up and come to that raw place and admit the things that are going on and invite him to speak right there into that sensitive spot. Listening. We quiet the noise outside of ourselves, then we quiet it inside of ourselves, and we invite God to speak. And, uh, and I, I, I just have found him to actually do it. It's the coolest thing. He actually talks to us. Now, we can do this kind of thing uh, with a blank slate and just invite God to speak into a situation, um, or we can do this with Scripture itself. 
Scripture can actually be an excellent tool for listening prayer. And I'm not talking about Bible study here, okay? Bible study is a wonderful way to hear God. In fact, it's usually the primary way that God speaks is through Scripture, through context for the, you know, the author and his intended audience, and it's for us to then decode what he's saying, right? And that's what we do here every Sunday morning. We sit and we try to understand what the Scripture is saying. So that's the primary way, the sort of objective way. But, you know, God can also speak to us when we use Scripture as a tool for prayer itself, um, and when we do it, we're, we're doing this a little bit differently. We're immersing ourselves in the words of God and inviting him to speak to us in some, some profound ways. The author Mark Batterson said this. I, I like this a lot. He says, prayer was never meant to be a monologue. Do we have that? I think we have that quote. Prayer was never meant to be a monologue. It was meant to be a dialogue. Think of scripture as God's part of the script. Uh, God's part of the script. Prayer is our part. Scripture is God's way of initiating a conversation. Prayer is our response. The paradigm shift happens when you realize the Bible wasn't meant to be read through. It was meant to be prayed through. Isn't that interesting? It was meant to be prayed through. And if you pray through, you'll never run out of things to talk about. Isn't that cool? So let's talk about listening with Scripture. I'm going to take you through what this is, and then we're going to, we're going to do it, uh, our own little try out here with it. Um, the, we're we're going to follow, uh, uh, Pete Gregg uh, breaks this down into these four steps that have been used for, gosh, close to a thousand years now. A lot of people have engaged scripture and prayer in this way. Um, Pete Gregg, uh, he has it as an acronym, P-R-A-Y, pause, read and reflect, ask, and then yield. Okay? So let's look at pause first. This is where we quiet ourselves like I've been describing, Right? Uh, Pete Gregg has this prayer on the uh, Lectio 365 app. Does anybody use that in here? Uh, pastoral staff, yeah, Patty used it. Uh, yeah, okay, a lot, some of you guys do. It's a wonderful app, Lectio 365. It comes from uh, Pete Gregg's 24-7 uh, uh, prayer movement. It's really cool. And every time they have, they begin with this prayer, which I think is a wonderful prayer. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Remember when we were doing our salt light audio devotionals every day uh, in the fall, we always began with inviting the Holy Spirit and then just a little time of silence. That's, I think, a wonderful way to begin. We pause. The next, the R is read and reflect. Uh, we read through the passage multiple times. We, we read slowly and thoughtfully. Uh, we read the scripture passage for the first time. We ask ourselves, what word or phrase is capturing my attention and grabbing my heart? Because sometimes you'll just feel it and you don't even know necessarily why. It's just something just leaps off the page. What is that thing? Linger with it when that happens. Now in story passages, we're actually going to look at a story passage, you might find yourself relating to someone in the story even. Pay attention to that. It doesn't mean that God is speaking for sure. No, but pay attention because oftentimes he will. And then we read it again. Let's go to the next one. Uh, slowly and prayerfully, we read the passage again. What is God saying to you? We were paying closer attention to those words or phrases that were jumping out, right? What is he saying in this passage? What is he offering you? What is he asking of you? What feelings are arising within you? And then after that, we take, we take a little time and then we yield. Uh, excuse, uh, excuse me, ask. We read through the passage once more and respond to God about what we've just received. 
Uh, this might be a, a prayer of confession, like, Lord, forgive me for this thing that, that I've realized is there. Maybe a prayer of petition. Lord, give me strength to obey you in this thing. Could even be intercession. Lord, give grace to this loved one that I have. Um, this is where the conversation happens. And finally, the why is yield. And this is where we sit quietly in the presence of God, asking, uh, uh, what are you saying? Can we re- just resting in God's love, if he has anything else to say, and, and embracing, uh, embracing that rest. Does that make sense? So here's what we're going to do. We are going to read a passage, and then we're going to put on some music. Music can be a great tool for shutting out distractions, especially in a group like this. Um, So uh, we're going to read this together and then take some time to quiet our hearts, okay? But first, we're going to start with, with that prayer, okay? Lord, as we enter prayer now, we pause to be still to breathe slowly and to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. Matthew 14, 23-32. When evening came, Jesus was there alone but the, boat, um, but the boat with the disciples was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's just take a moment as it's on the screen. Just find what's jumping out at you. Is there a word or a phrase or a perspective that's jumping out at you? Just give you a minute on that.
want to ask, um, is, did anything, what, what, were there any words or phrases jumping out to you guys? This is going to be a bit of an interactive time now. Any words or phrases that are jumping out? got something. Anyone else want to put their hand up and we'll just have him come to you next year? So just word or phrase or perspective? What struck me was uh, he said, oh, you have little faith. And then he took his hand oh. and he walked with him back to the boat. He took his hand and walked with him back to the boat. I never, I didn't even notice that. He took his hand. Beautiful. Can we have the, the scripture back up? Just so, thanks. That's beautiful. Anything else jumping out? Oh, well, let's go right here. Um, just that as everyone was afraid, Peter wanted to be more involved. You know, Ooh. just it makes me think of um, the world, the church. Oftentimes, we're so, so afraid, but like, there's that hunger for people. We want, we want to in. We want to get in. Okay. But then We'll come, we'll, come back, we'll come back to you in the second state because you're actually jumping ahead, which is great. But <laughs> Words or phrases? Anna? Do not be afraid. Take heart, do not be afraid. That was what jumped out to me. Yeah. Can, you, can you say that again a little bit louder? Sorry. Uh, take heart and do not be afraid. Take heart and do not be afraid. Anyone else feel that one when you read that? Take heart and do not be afraid. Save me. Save me. Anyone else get that one? Does that jumping out? Save me. Jesus was the one that went to them. He took the first step. Ooh. Oh, in the back. Oh, we got over here, okay? Nathan? To um why did you doubt? And Ooh. beginning to sink he cried out, Lord save me. Oh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Look at this. And I was worried nobody would have anything to say. Love you guys. <laughs> he saw the wind and he was afraid. Ooh. Interesting. He saw the wind and he was afraid. He commanded me to come to you. Can you say that again? He commanded me to come to him. He commanded me to come to him. Mm. Had some... Any others? Oh. Got the... um, something that I got from that verse before today is that when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he became afraid and started to sink. Mm. But Jesus' eyes never left him. Mm. That's good. Back row, I saw, hand. Come. Come. That's a good one, isn't it? Come. Let's do a couple more here, and then we'll move on to the second stage. Take heart, it is. Do not be afraid. Amen. Do not be afraid. Let's do one more here. Oh, was there one more? I thought there was one more. We have one over here. Right where you just were, of course. <laughs> Mark is such a good runner, even though he's walking, which is probably good. It'd be a little weird. If you Get my steps in. That's good. Get your steps in. Uh, he immediately reached out his hand Ooh, to him. immediately. That's good. Okay, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to read it again. Now, you guys who just mentioned these things, and those of you who didn't mention, but maybe one of those jumped out at you, or maybe it was something different, let's lean into that. So this is the second time through. We're going to read it again, and we're going to ask God, God, why are you stirring this up? What is it? What Actually, before we do that, oh, before we do that, did anyone relate to anybody in the story? Yeah? To Peter? The, yeah, because every day I say, Lord, save me, but I'm like, but this, but that. Okay, <laughs> interesting, okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay, we had another one. Anyone else? I also related to Peter and his eagerness, but then his follow-through isn't always um, complete. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's come back now and let's read it a, a second time and just ask God to speak into those things that he's obviously stirring up, okay? When evening came, Jesus was there alone, but the boat with the disciples was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let's take a moment. start this one because something jumped out at me as I went through it the second time. Take heart, it is I. And the thing that I'm just pulling from this is there, I have a situation in my life right now where I'm really very concerned about something and, and uh, a developing situation. And uh, 
And I felt just right here, like it's easy to get scared of a thing, but for, for, for Jesus to whisper into that thing, hey, don't be afraid, I'm in this. It's I, it is I. That's what I got from this. So I wanna ask if there's any, now we have to keep this very short, right? Like just a couple of sentences of anyone who, who felt uh, um, like that maybe God was speaking into those words or things that you had. We have one right there. What struck me is that Jesus came to them before they even knew they needed him. Oof. That'll preach right there, won't it? Jesus, and, and, and that hit you in your life? Yeah, that's good. I like that uh, Jesus had his limitations. So even though he was responsible for these, these men and their growth, uh, he took time alone and... Um, you know, prioritize that as a, as a human. Right, because that's where he was, right? When they were first on the water, he was by himself. That's really good. Sounds like God might be stirring something up for you there, John, right? I'm guessing, if that jumped out at you, maybe not. Nathan? Um, uh, I just uh, looked at it and saw, do not be afraid. Yeah, Did that, that spoke to you? Things that maybe you've been concerned about and he's speaking, don't be afraid to you? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Anyone else? I think Jesus is speaking about when to move versus when to be still physically and spiritually. Oh. That's deep right there, Zion. I like that. When to move and when to be still. Isn't this interesting, the way that God is speaking into like specific situations using this universal passage? Dan? Peter cried out and Jesus answered. Oof. Um, <clears throat> when Jesus came to them and their first instinct was they were afraid of him. And I was just asking myself, where are the places where Jesus is coming to save me? And I'm actually afraid of him um, saving me. Wow. Yeah, I can relate to that. That's a little bit of what I was feeling too. Good stuff. Um, I would compare um, the boat with like, how we live our lives, and then the ocean being how we go through life. And so when Jesus shows up, it's terrifying at first, but, um, you know, he, he's the way out That's of the storm, so. Amen. It's very cool. Uh, what struck me was that I said the boat was being beaten by the waves, and then it says, and he came in the fourth watch, and that just really applies personally for some things that I've been waiting a long, long time, and it feels like I'm getting beaten by the waves, but I trust that he will come when he sees that it's time. Mm. That's, that's beautiful, then. Seems like, you know, we focus a lot on how Peter was sinking in the water, and how it was kind of like, I felt like he failed, but then I was thinking about, it, I'm like, well, he actually did walk on water and how, yeah. you know, I have yet to do that. And most of us have yet to walk <laughs> on water. So. Good stuff. 
also heard about the getting the beaten by the waves. Um, but Jesus came in a way to them that they couldn't have conceived of. Mm -hmm. He just walked across the water. So even though they were getting beaten by the waves, um, it took him an instant yeah. to be there. That's good. Got Ethan up here too. <laughs> just walked by Ethan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know. So Jesus was there and he was ready and he was waiting for them, but he didn't force them. He waited for them to want him. Oh. That's good. And I saw that the winds were still strong and Peter walked out on the water while the winds were still going. He, but he got afraid of the winds mm. and I still have yet to step out when the winds are even heavy. Stuff. Um, I noticed it as they were away from Jesus. They were far from him and the wind was beating the boat and the waves were beating them. And as they refocused on Jesus and as Jesus was near, it was better. And it's almost as if our, as our relationships ebb and flow, when we are closer to the Lord, it's better. And then sometimes we refocus on the wind that was beating us in the past and then we start sinking. Mm. And, and so it's like Wesley was just saying, the wind didn't go away, but when we were with the Lord through that, we can walk on water. That'll preach right there. Man, I felt that one. The wind doesn't go away, does it? But we're with him and it changes everything. Mark just knew I couldn't do two sentences, so. <laughs> um. We'll give you three. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I don't know, God just really spoke to me about, um, oftentimes I've just, I hate being in the boat. I want to be with him. And um, I love taking risks, but when you fall in the water, you start wondering, man, should I just stay in the boat? Like, he didn't even call me out to him, you know, like, mm. and um, I don't know, just really ministering me, like, don't, you have a little faith, why are you doubting? Don't stop taking risks. Like, you fall, get back up, get with me. That's good, Ethan. What a personalized word that is for for Ethan and like for so many of us, right? These are just such personal things. Go for it. Yeah, another thing about the wind, um, the wind was against them, but they were pleading for God to save them, but yeah. he was already there holding them up. He didn't have to like pick them up. He was already there ready mm. to do that before that. Mm. When they were terrified, Jesus immediately spoke to them. And then when Peter was sinking, he immediately reached out his hand. Oh, that is good. Why did you doubt isn't a condemnation. It's a question asking me to help find that why. And he'll, he's engaging me in conversation, not questioning me. That's interesting. That's a really good one. Start thinking in there, why do I doubt? That's a real good question. Yeah. Well, I, we could probably do this all morning, and, um, and I would, I would kind of like to, but we probably need to wrap up pretty soon. Otherwise, the children's ministry team is going to hate me. So here's what I want to do. I just, I'm going to read the passage one more time, and then we're just going to commit it to the Lord, okay? So these things that we've heard, um, let's just... Let's just do this one more time and let him settle them in. Lord, we thank you for speaking 
And now we get to the ask part. Lord, we ask that you would uh, stir, the, stir our hearts up even more to know what to do with this passage. So we'll do it one more time. When the evening came, Jesus was there alone, but the boat uh, with the disciples was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Lord, show us what to do with these things. now, Lord, we just say thank you for being with us, even if we didn't hear anything at all from you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that you, that you do speak. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the way that you call out. We thank you for the way you pursue us immediately. We thank you for the way you help us to step out of the boat. And we thank you for the way you calm the waves and how you hold us even before the waves are calm. We thank you for all of these things. And we just give ourselves back to you. If there's anything you guys want to pray about, Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something that's the Lord's stirring up. I just invite you to come forward. Our prayer team and elders and home group leaders will be up here. Um, but I want to commend this to you. I, I believe it's a beautiful method that people have been, believers around the world have been using. Just taking the small bit of scripture instead of a big one, a small bit to go deep and to, to stay there and to let God stir things up and speak into that. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Well, we love you guys very much. And we pray you'd be blessed this week. You're dismissed.